have two parts. You have an inside and you have an outside. And which part you prioritize determines the person that you will come. And this is all part of the teaching of Jesus. The greatest talk ever given in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, what is insurmountable in this world are not the problems you face, not even the internal brokenness and sin. It is the presence of God in his kingdom, his work, that he's right here and you could be his friend. So you can make this a golden rule kind of a day. Now we're looking these days at Matthew chapter 6 and especially how we can just get enslaved to, what do other people think about me? How do you think about me? And there is freedom on the other side. And Jesus recommends secrecy. So he says, starting in chapter 6, verse 2, when you give. Now, notice, he doesn't say, if you find yourself giving in order to impress other people, try not giving. No, the assumption is that practices he's going to talk about here, giving and praying and fasting, we will continue to do. But when you give, don't announce it with trumpets in the synagogues and street corners the way the hypocrites do. And that word's going to be very important in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we got to talk about that today. It's the opposite of, we've looked at how Jesus is concerned about goodness at the level of the heart. Now that's the unseen part of you. And we'll see over and over again in chapter 6, Jesus keeps talking about what is done in secret, what is unseen. There is an unseen reality. We live in a world that tries to convince people that you don't have an inside. There are books by neurologists like You Are Your Brain that says, we are just atoms, molecules, strings, quarks, that's all that there is. Or a book written recently by a Stanford prof determined that says there's no such thing as agency, no such thing as free will. It's just physicalism all the way down. Basically, there is no inside, as Jesus talked about, but, but Jesus is quite clear on this. Nope, there is an inside, and it's the inside that matters most, and there is a real important relationship between the inside and the outside, and that's the core of hypocrisy. We often think of hypocrisy as being the case when somebody says one thing and does something else. One of the most famous 20th century novels about a hypocritical preacher was Elmer Gantry. He's a very flamboyant character, not fully unsympathetic, but he would preach about fidelity, but the, then he himself was quite promiscuous, would preach about generosity and honesty, but he himself would uh, steal money and be quite greedy. So there was a gap between what he said he believed and what he actually did. That's not exactly the kind of hypocrisy that Jesus says is our greatest danger. And I want to unpack a little bit about that. Talk about how God can deliver us from the ultimate problem. Dave Kinnaman and Gabe Lyons in one of their books a few years ago, Unchristian, wrote about how uh, 85% of unchurched young people say maybe the biggest problem with the church is full of hypocrites. And about half of young people in the church say the same thing. And of course, that's true. With roughly 2 billion professing Christians in the world, Christianity has maybe produced more hypocrites than anybody else. And ironically, the single person who most fiercely, most searingly critiqued religious hypocrisy is Jesus of Nazareth. It's, it's in many ways his word. Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, you remember the hinge statement in uh, the fifth chapter is when Jesus says, unless your basic goodness, your heart, surpasses the goodness of the scribes and the Pharisees. You can't live in the kingdom. And folks have pointed out 
uh, those two categories, scribes and Pharisees. Scribes, of course, to inscribe, those were people who were literate. Those are teachers of the law. They're able to read and write. And they're very concerned with interpreting the law. And in many ways, what Jesus goes on to talk about in chapter 5 addresses the problem of the scribes. Their, their, their interpretation of the law was, as long as you don't commit adultery, you're good on that one. As long as you don't commit murder, you're good on that one. As long as you fulfill your oaths and Jesus saying, no, 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 it's about the heart. Not just superficial conformity to a uh, minimalist view of the law. Now, the Pharisees were particularly concerned with practice, with acts of devotion and piety. So in chapter 6, when Jesus starts talking about what about giving alms and what about the way that you pray and what about the way that you uh, fast, and if you do those in wrong ways, that can warp you, then we begin to look at the goodness of the Pharisees. And he says, now when you give, don't be like the hypocrites. Uh, Eva Cate has an article uh, a few decades ago in the Encyclopedia of Ethics, points out the word hypocrite, hypocrita, it was a Greek word, and uh, it applied initially to actors who would wear a mask. You may notice, you, you may see this periodically when I'm talking, I have behind me a mask of an actor, and I kind of like it. Somebody in my family just snuck it over my wall one day. And uh, in in the ancient theater, Actors would commonly wear masks because often one actor might play more than one role. It might be a king in the first act and a slave in the second act. So they would act, oh, that's creepy. They would actually wear a mask to let you know what role they were playing. And uh, in ancient Greek usage, it was a relatively benign term until one person. And even today, other folks have written about this. The person who basically gave us the contemporary moral critique of hypocrisy is Jesus of Nazareth. The word hypocrite or hypocrisy is used 17 times in the New Testament. All 17 times it is used by Jesus of Nazareth. There was built in the early first century or so in the town of uh, Sepphoris a huge theater seated something like 4,000 people. Uh, there was less than an hour's walk from Nazareth where Jesus grew up. Jesus saw that town there. It is extremely possible, if not likely, that his dad, who was a carpenter, tecton, stonemason, and Jesus as his apprentice, would have helped construct that theater. Jesus takes that phrase, Hupocrite is an actor, somebody that wears a mask, somebody that's playing a role, and then fills it with this moral critique of religion gone wrong, which, of course, certainly includes religion gone wrong. And over and over and over again, he talks about this is the core problem. It's not just where you uh, say one thing and then you do another. It's actually when there's something wrong on the inside of you. Now, that's true for all of us. We're all messed up. We all get greedy. We all get selfish. Hypocrisy is not just that. Hypocrisy is when there's something wrong on the inside. And then in addition, not only am I selfish, I try to convince you that I am not selfish. I engineer the way that I look to add deception to ego, selfishness, and other forms of sin. So, for example, in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus really goes to town on this, he says in verse 5, this is a probing analysis of the problem of hypocrisy. He says about these hypocritical religious leaders, everything they do is for others to see. 
You know, see, that's a huge problem for me. And I don't even know how big of a problem it is. I live to impress others. I want other people to think I'm smarter, better, more agreeable than I really am. And my life becomes very hollow on the inside because I'm trying to make it look good on the outside. See, if somebody's selfish, but you know they're selfish, then uh, at least you know what you're dealing with. When deception gets added to it, uh, then you, you're not even allowed to see reality. And that's what's going on with religious hypocrisy. Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup. Woe to you, teachers of law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead. No wonder they killed this man. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Now, why would you bother to whitewash a tomb? You would do that in order to try to convince people that there was life on the inside, but there wasn't life on the inside. That's the great problem of hypocrisy. And we'll talk about that more as we go through this, because for Jesus, that's the essential problem of the human condition. And it's particularly a problem for those of us who try to grow morally, spiritually, who try to pursue a life of faith, it's just so easy for that drift to drift into, I want other people to see how good I am. And then I'm in worse shape than somebody who's just honestly selfish and greedy because because uh, I'm all of that, but I add to a deception. So now, if I want to work on that, one way to do it is uh, to begin to practice doing good things in secret, where uh, when I do that, I begin to realize, oh, I can survive without other people knowing what a wonderful person I am. So today somebody asked me to do a, them a favor, and I just said, yeah. And I had to borrow the car to do it. And I noticed the car needed some gas. So I thought, well, I could come in and get them a tank of gas. And so I did that. And I thought, well, this person likes coffee. I could get them a cup of coffee. They would know. But I did that. And and then it just felt so good to be doing this stuff. When I went in there, there were people that needed to go in and out of the coffee shop. And I just stood there and held the door open. It was a tiny little thing, but just, yep, you go ahead in. You go ahead in front of me. There was a guy outside, pretty clearly, most likely, uh, didn't have a home to live in and was doing some stuff that was inappropriate. But I thought, I got some money in my wallet. I could give it to this person. I understand that's not an ultimate systemic solution to poverty and mental health issues, but it's just still given to somebody. Now, now I've told you all those things, so I have lost my reward. Why would I do that? Well, because uh, the truth is, even when I did those things, my left hand knew exactly what my right hand was doing. And I was like, well, I'm doing pretty good stuff right now. Well, maybe someday I'll get to the point where my left hand doesn't know. I'd be really good. At, at, that's the person in my best self I want to be. So today, no mask as best I can. I will try not to let people know, <laughs> except for this, of course, uh, the good things that I have done, the impressive or agreeable or smart person I am. And, and some of that stuff I wrestle with on the inside. Here's the truth about me. 
take off the mask, and then do good things in secret. And then, and then maybe you and I will discover in the fellowship of the withered hand that we're actually living in the kingdom. And this could be a golden rule day. Love you. You've been listening to Become New with John Orpert, where you can receive 10 minutes of daily teaching about the person you're becoming. If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to our website, becomenew.com, where John has over 710 minute teachings on the person you're becoming, cataloged in 20 different series covering a range of topics you might be interested in. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each episode that include extra resources and discussion questions, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you have a prayer request, There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray for listeners just like yourself. You can send your specific request to us at the number 855-888-0444. I'm glad you're here, and we'll catch you next time.